How's it going, everybody? It is time for another edition of Weekly Loot. I am Handsome Jack FM, and as always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the man with more hair, more flair, yet so debonair, C. Joe C. How are you doing today, buddy? Oh, I like that. You got my got my heart racing. I'm doing great. Been busy working on videos for the channel this upcoming week, and I've been good in general. How have you been, good sir? I've been good, man. Just uh, finished the uh, the Lilith DLC, uh, finished all the side quests, and then I started my quest on uh, pushing towards OP10 with my Maya, and I, I finally got there, uh, I think yesterday, I finally reached OP10, and now I'm just farming for, for new gear to make her as strong as possible so I can go back in online and help other players reach OP10 and, and farm some of the raid bosses. Hey, that sounds pretty fun. And also, speaking of that DLC, I still have to do side missions. I've already beaten the main story of the side DLC, which, I mean, the main DLC, I've already beaten the story. I just have to go back and do the side missions. Like, for, you know, I already did, like, a couple of Vaughn's missions, so I think I still have, like, one or two more from him. Right but other, yeah, but other than that, I'm pretty much good to go. But what I want to know is what are we talking about today? I know me and you were talking in the pre-show of um you know borderlands 3 and having to deal with battleborn with the hints um that led up to the reveal so take it away sir all right so shortly after battleborn was released uh gearbox issued a statement that said there was going to be some borderlands 3 easter eggs hidden inside of battleborn now I never really played uh, Battleborn, and the reason being is uh, I used to live in a very rural area, couldn't get home internet where I lived. So I went and actually rented Battleborn from from a Redbox machine, brought it home, installed it on on the Xbox One, only to find out I couldn't play it because you have to be uh, internet enabled. So I never really got a chance to play it, but I was really curious to find out what these Easter eggs were going to be. Now, this came out in an article on March 9th in 2017 where somebody cracked the Easter egg. They found everything and put it together. So I'm going to kind of explain what it was, how it was built into the game, and then how it translates going into Borderlands 3. So, that sounds good to me. So the, the first one was actually pretty easy. Uh, a lot of gamers found this one. On one of the maps, the word Promethea was just spray-painted on one of the walls. Now, as we know, Promethea is a planet that has been mentioned in Borderlands lore several times, going back to actually Borderlands 1. Uh, Tannis mentions Promethea in one of her missions, saying that that was the planet where the Atlas Corporation discovered advanced alien technology they reverse engineered it, and that's what made them the powerhouse that they were today is the word that she uses because at that time the Atlas Corporation was very, very strong. That mission that made Atlas so successful, that's what brought brought the Doll Corporation to uh, Pandora. They were hoping to have the exact same success that Atlas had had. So that was the first kind of thing that everyone found in Battleborn. Now, some of the story missions, there was actually Morse code hidden in these messages. So a series of beeps and and dashes, so beeps and longer beeps. 
Now, there was a Battleborn player whose name is What's My Name Again, who eventually broke the code and cracked it and translated it using Morse code. And what it translated to, now keep in mind, this is two years ago when it was cracked. And here's what it translates to. It says, and I'm going to quote word for word what the translation says. It says, visit Promethea, children of the vault. We are not on Pandora anymore. Tannis is not what she seems. Do not open the vaults. So if we want to try to break that down line by line, visit Promethea. Obviously, that means, hey, we need to leave Pandora. We need to go to another planet. And mm-hmm. as confirmed, we are leaving Pandora in Borderlands 3. And Finally. Promethea just happens to be one of those planets. Now, the next line says Children of the Vault. Now, two years ago, that to me just meant, you know, hey, Children of the Vault, people who like the vaults, people who may be obsessed with the vaults. We've now learned that the actual cult that the Calypso twins are in charge of is called Children of the Vault. So that second line now all of a sudden has heavy meaning going into Borderlands 3. The third line, we are not on Pandora anymore. Now this is this line for me is the the first line that's really up for interpretation. So we are not on Pandora anymore. Now, if anybody, you know, that, that listens to our show or watches your content, Siege, obviously they know a friend of the show, Sup Matto. Um, earlier yeah. this week, he posted a video talking about a Borderlands 3 trailer that was shown, I believe, at E3 behind closed doors. But some people snuck some video of it uh, on their phones. It was great. And, and – Yeah, it was fantastic. And in the video, it shows three separate vaults. It shows one that's like inside this goldish bronze temple. It shows another one that you can clearly see is being opened, but it doesn't give much other details. And the third one is the one I want to focus on because this third one is wide open and it has Aridan statues around it. Now, as anybody knows, that I used to always call them Iridians, but then I realized I was pronouncing the word wrong. It's Aridin. Uh, Tannis is the one that refers to them as Aridin writing, Aridin sculptures. So, uh, yes, I've been pronouncing that wrong for years, but it's Aridin. So if you anybody that played Borderlands 1, any of the guardians that you've seen uh, when you were fighting your way up to the vault, that's that, that those are Aridins. So in that third picture where it's wide open you've got some buildings in the background so they've got buildings they've got cranes so as Supmato was talking about it looks like one of the corporations has obviously reached that vault already but like i said there's Aridan statues so what my interpretation is is because In Borderlands 1, we know that the Aridans are no longer on Pandora. They went extinct is actually the terms that that are used. Um, Essentially, the way they they word it is they pretty much gave up their lives and sacrificed everything to lock the Destroyer away in the vault. That's insane. Yeah, they knew that 
the power that he had to destroy Pandora was was obviously there. So they they gave everything to lock him away. And, you know, the vault key naturally charged every two years from the iridium in the ground. And that's why it was the whole, hey, the 200-year mark's coming up. We got to get to the vault. That was the whole reason we were in such a hurry to open the vault in the original Borderlands. Only to find out it wasn't full of technology and weapons and everything like what Atlas discovered on Promethea. It was this giant tentacle monster hell-bent on destroying Pandora. (laughs) So... For me, the way I'm interpreting this we are not on Pandora anymore is maybe some of the Aridan race survived and they actually left Pandora and now they're on Promethea. I, I don't know what your take on it is, Siege. Uh, do you got any input on that one? I really don't, personally, just because I think anything's possible with it. Um... I'm with you. Like I said, this is just me with with just basic interpretation. I hope I'm not going too far onto the the Borderlands conspiracy theory wagon uh, as so far. So, so far, hey, visit Promethea. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we got to go there. Children of the Vault are mentioned. That's the Calypso's cult that they've started. And then we are not on Pandora anymore. Uh, My interpretation is maybe the Aridans are on Promethea and they are protecting a vault. Now, here is where we are probably going to get on that that Borderlands conspiracy theory wagon. The fourth line of this interpretation is Tannis is not what she seems. Now, I have seen... I was going to say, I was wondering if she would be evil in this game or, you know, something in this game, you know? I was... Because I saw... um... Uh, again, apologies to cut you off, but um, oh, you're fine. Because I thought I would have forgot this thought. Um, sup, Matto? Because I, I didn't watch the video, but I just came across it literally today too. Um, what if Tannis is like the bad guy? Obviously, these this video was like um, out like much earlier than um, when Borderlands Three was revealed and all that good stuff. But what if she is like working with the Calypsos or she's secretly helping them? I don't know if that sounds out of whack, but. Now, to me, that sounds entirely plausible, and for one reason. We know for a fact, based on uh, that last trailer, that at some point, the Calypsos are in possession of the Vault Key. Yeah. So, for me, to think that Tannis could be working with them or helping them wouldn't be too much of a shock because... Tannis is obsessed with the vaults as well. Yeah. For so sure. to me, it's it's not really a matter of helping the Calypsos because she's a bad guy now. I think that she is just so obsessed and mentally unstable, especially when it comes to the vault, that I don't care who has the vault key. She would want to be there because she could continue her research and studying. Because, like I said, she's so obsessed. So that's not a stretch in my eyes that that she could be helping them. But I don't think it would be with evil intentions if, if, if that was the case. I think it's just, hey, they've got the vault key. I still want to study it and, and do research. I'm going to go align myself with them because, hey, that's where the key's at. Even even if it's not with evil intent, let's – like this is like prediction 
us predicting. If she does end up helping them, you know, without evil intent or with, regardless, do you think she will be too far gone in the campaign for her, um, for for her to redeem herself? Do you think? Do you like if this happens? If she helps the Calypso twins, do you see her redeeming herself and coming back? You know, to you know, obviously the good side. You know, Lilith and all of them. Do you think? It, again, if all this happens, do you think she has the chance to come back in a good way to redeem herself? So I, th- I think that redemption is always a great storyline. I mean, look at Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars literally has is about to finish a third, uh, you know, trilogy, and mm-hmm. they're all based on redemption. Um, the original trilogy. You know, I, I, let's just start with the first six movies. It's all about Darth Vader being a Jedi, falling to the dark side, redeeming himself. Exactly. Um, if 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 anybody of our listeners has read any of the old Star Wars books rev, uh, involving Darth Revan or you know Darth Cadus, any of these, it's all about Jedi's falling to the dark side, redeeming themselves, coming back. So. I, I always think that's it's a great story because it gives you that that positive feeling at the end. So here's here's what I think could happen: she could side with the Calypsos because they've got the vault key. She could just want to continue her research, but eventually I see the vault key coming back to the Crimson Raiders with Lilith and everybody, and I think that Tannis would come back as well and realize what while she's with the Calypsos and doing her studying and her research, she realizes, oh man, these these guys are straight evil. I know I love me some vaults and I, I wanna I wanna know everything possible, but I I I have made a mistake. I have to get away from them. So maybe even Tannis is the that catalyst that actually gets the vault key away from the Calypsos and maybe brings it back to the Crimson Raiders, and that's how she earns her way back in. I mean, like I said, uh, to clarify, just if anybody's just kind of tuning in, Siege and I do not have any inside information whatsoever about stories or anything. This is strictly us talking conspiracy theories, ideas, how we think things could play out based on this Easter egg that was hidden in Battleborn. So nothing that we say has been confirmed as far as our theories. So this is just us brainstorming. It would be nice though if we did confirm some things, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. Now I I was just kind of scanning YouTube the other day and I saw a video. I didn't watch it. I didn't have time. I was at, at my other job, but I saw somebody post a video that said what if Tannis is a siren? That would be mind-boggling. Personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see it coming. I wouldn't at all. Yes. Now the thing is, is let's 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 take a second and think about the way that Tannis looks. The only skin on her body that shows is her neck and her face. So it is entirely possible that uh, siren tattoos could be hidden. I think that would be pretty badass, personally. Entirely plausible. Now, we do know that the female Calypso twin can absorb powers from others, and she actually takes 
Lilith's siren powers away, strips them of her, and now Lilith is no longer a siren. That was shown in the trailer that was shown at E3. So again, I'm not giving spoilers. This is stuff that's out there for you guys to see yourself. So it's not the again, I don't have inside info. That's out there. You you can find it in good what? quality. So Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me ask this, uh, Siege. What if she absorbs that siren power from Lilith? What if she's able to redistribute it and what if she gives it to Tannis? If she gives it what to Tannis What if those two conspiracy theories go hand in hand? If she gives it to Tannis personally, like again, the the first thought that comes to mind is just me is me thinking like her, she she'll go crazy with power. Like if she's getting that power, you know what I mean? Like, come on now, powers of sirens are pretty fucking insane. And just yes, to think they are. If... and Oh yeah, continue. Here's the thing though, is, is we know that somehow sirens are connected to the vaults and the vault key. Mm-hmm. So Tannis, who is mentally unstable from I mean, she went insane from lack of human contact because of the events of Borderlands One. Mm-hmm. Which I understand how that can happen. I mean, I get it. I mean, she was on her own, a prisoner at a dig site that was surrounded by racks and spider ants, and she had no way to get out to to defend herself. And she was there for years on end by herself. You know, I mean, eventually she did get out and spread her echo recordings. But I mean, she went insane because she created a second personality essentially to to converse with. Mm-hmm. So she goes insane. She's mentally unstable. She's obsessed with vaults and the vault key. And now she all of a sudden could be given the powers to have a connection to the vaults and the vault key. Not a good myth. That that's scary, man. That yeah. anybody could that 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 person could have that power. It's scary to think that and they could distribute it. Like you said, I know it's scary for anyone to have that power, but bringing it back it's scary that she could distribute it to anybody yeah i mean and and, and look that's purely speculative we know she can yeah. absorb powers we don't know if she can redistribute i'm just i'm just if throwing could, out though. ideas yeah i mean that that could be interesting um but obviously based on this easter egg it, it doesn't say you know don't trust tanis it doesn't say be careful of tanis we need to look at things literally, word for word, what it says. It says, Tannis is not what she seems. That could point to her being a siren. It, it really could. I mean, if you it's said literally. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we take that as a literal word for word, Tannis is not what she seems. I mean, it's that's not a, a hinting at a, a slight character flaw or a slight character change that is to me implying that there is a major major plot twist coming up involving tannis yeah i think for the campaign overall um straying off a bit but overall for the campaign borderlands 3 i think um especially with how long this game's been in development how hyped it's been i get the feeling that we're gonna get many I don't know how many exact, obviously not, but 
I just get the feeling we're going to get many twists of surprises in this game. Uh, oh, dude, this they is be... going to be, yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's going sure. to be, it has to be. Yeah, it's third one in the series. And obviously I see, for example, this is just, this is how I see it playing out. First game was great. The second one was better. I predict the third's going to be, and I know we talked about this in our other podcast, wondering if the third can be a better story than two, but I fully could say confidently that I feel like the third is going to be better than the second overall, whether it be story, side missions. I'm confident in that. I do too. My fear is, is that in almost every three parter that I can think is, look, I'm not, I'm not considering the pre-sequel for this because just for argument's sake, let's just focus Borderlands one, two, three. Part twos typically tend to be the better ones though. I mean, you want to look at the John Wick trilogy. Everyone, I look, I love the third one. I just saw it, but I still think the second is the strongest overall. I think the it's third got, got rated perf- better. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm talking about just it had that perfect balance of story mm. and action. You okay. look at the original Star Wars, dude. Empire Strikes Back is the best one, like because you add new all these new characters, plus you're adding depth to the original characters and then in in part threes you typically wrap things up but that's in movies in video games you don't get that typically because they will keep making parts of the franchise as long as it's successful so i don't think borderlands 3 is going to be wrapping up the franchise i just look at it as the next chapter so uh, they've been working on it a lot longer than the time they had from Borderlands 1 to Borderlands 2. This has been – I mean Borderlands 1 was 2009, Borderlands 2 so – I'm sorry, Borderlands 1, 2009, Borderlands 2, 2012, Borderlands 3, 2019. Huge difference in time. For sure. You know, more than twice the length. Plus they said that they've already been working on the game for over five years. So, even though they've lost some key components, uh, the main writer uh, is no longer there, the man who wrote uh, Borderlands 2, Anthony Birch. I know he's not with Gearbox anymore. Um, But if anybody is going to find a way to make sure this game is done right, it's, it's Gearbox. They, they might have, you know, they may misfire on some of their other titles, but when it comes to Borderlands, they don't screw around. Exactly. And so I, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you on the fact that I think we're going to get lots of twists and turns. We're going to lose some more major characters to death, um, just like we did in Borderlands 2. I mean, losing Bloodwing was – I was upset. I was like, wow, that that's pretty rough to deal with. But then when we lost Roland, I was like – I honestly, I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. Because um, he not you- – Oh, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we better not lose you-know-who. Otherwise, I ain't talking to nobody. Nobody. Oh, man, if if, if Zero takes a bullet, oh, man. I will be back. Siege, Don't uh, say Siege it. will throw the controller up in the air, and he will he will immediately do his own podcast of just venom and hate for losing oh, Zero. That'll be the podcast. <laughs> It'll be full of spoilers. I'll be like, hey, I finished the story. Get ready for this <laughs> bullshit spoiler. It's going to be fucking great, guys. Sarcasm. 
That'll be the whole episode. You won't even get a word in. Just at the just at the intro. I don't mean to be rude. I'm gonna just be spew. Oh no no no. No, I will get my words in. When you're taking your deep breath to get going, I will throw little jabs and be like, Zero's dead. Just, just to, just to poke uh, the bear and keep it going. <laughs> I see how you uh, – hey, that's, that would be an hour and a half long podcast probably then. <laughs> All right. The, so the, the final line here of our, of our spoiler, quote-unquote, our Easter egg that was hidden in Battleborn, I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. Do not open the vaults. Who does, I mean, though? Yeah, of course. We're going to open the vaults. We're vault hunters. <laughs> but not once has opening a vault in, in our situation ever resulted in anything good. It, it worked out for the Atlas Corporation and in, in the events that happened before Borderlands. But as far as what we're looking at, yeah, no, there's always something there protecting it. And it's always scary and it's always – dangerous and where we should probably die that sounds like but fun. We, no it sounds great but uh, <laughs> obviously we're being warned not to open the vaults but we should already know that already as vault hunters that yeah we're not supposed to open them but we're going to nothing wrong with a little danger right no rest for the wicked as lilith says absolutely I mean, look, we had the Destroyer, the Warrior. I mean, technically, I mean, if you want to get technical, there was a second vault that we opened in Borderlands 2. But that was uh, in the crater of badass, you know, the badass crater of badassitude. But... um, The Tales from Borderlands. Tales from the Borderlands. Tales from the Borderlands. And then we opened the one in the pre-sequel with the the Traveler. With the multiple heads, who was super easy. Dope. By far the easiest of all the uh, the vaults, but um, we have seen three confirmed vaults uh, uh, for Borderlands Three. That's just what we know of. That's and I highly doubt Gearbox is going to show all their cards b- before you know the release date. So we know of three vaults. I highly doubt. I would stake everything that there are more than three vaults in Borderlands 3. You think there's going to be more than three? Like DLC-wise? Or before? Yeah, um... No, I'm saying straight Borderlands 3 in-game story. There has to be more than three by my interpretation. Because I don't... Like I said, I don't believe Gearbox is going to show all three vaults in a trailer. And say, oh, yep, that was all of them, guys. That that's not their style. They they tease. They don't they don't show their their whole hand right in the beginning. There has to be more than three. That would be fucking great, and I hope so. And I hope in DLCs we even get more. I hope we have a total of at, at least at least six, seven, seven, eight, nine. I, I'm good. I'm I'm good with I'm good with six. I I think. Uh... Five or six is should be about right. And uh, I'm greedy. Hell, I want ten. <laughs> I, hell, dude, I would go five, five or six, maybe even in just the campaign. I mean, because it with all the planets we're going to. I mean, look at how how many missions and side missions we had just on Pandora for Borderlands Two, dude. Are they in my mind? 
they're going to try to do as many, not as many, but close to as many on every planet. So, I mean, we are going to be super busy. We're going to have a ton of missions and a ton of work to do as far as being vault hunters. So, yeah, I, I, I could honestly see four, five, six vaults just in Borderlands 3 without involving any DLCs yet. That I mean, I, I yes, I think that this game is going to be the most important one in the franchise because obviously we know we're getting more we're going to get we're going to get more after Borderlands 3 and I'm talking no, I'm not talking DLCs I'm talking full on games we're getting more because it's so it's 2K's most successful franchise so they're going to keep making them but I think that this one is going to be the most important in the franchise for a few reasons one it is massively expanding the Borderlands universe. Like I said, visiting multiple planets that have only been mentioned in dialogue before. It's going to be a lot of lore. Yeah. They are expanding on the lore, the legends and stuff. They're, they're putting some, some substance to it. Plus they're going to expand on the sirens and we are going to learn a lot more about the sirens. Why are there only six in the universe at a time? If an adult siren dies, does another adult just randomly get siren powers or are they only granted to children? Are they granted to a, a baby that is born at that exact moment? How, how is it determined? What exactly is their connection with Iridium, the vaults, the vault key? They are taking all this lore and stuff that they have somewhat just kind of briefly touched on and mentioned in the past and they're going to finally expand on it. So that's what I'm excited about. Like we talked about last week with Submato is the lore. Him and I were going back and forth a lot talking about the lore and the backstory and the legends. And I had a blast doing that with him. And I do want to apologize to you, my good friend. I, I, I did not let you get in a, very many words last week because I was Dude, geeking out, man. <laughs> no reason to be sorry. Hey, I told you. We even discussed with something mad, though. Um, like I said, the convo was going good back and forth. I was enjoying listening and learning more. So it was a treat for me to just learn more information. So I wasn't complaining. I was geeking out, too. So awesome. I'm all good I, over I, here, I, man. I'm happy, man. It's just – I just – like I said, I feel that this is going to be the most important you know, entry into the franchise because of – the expansion of all the lore and the legend and, and backstory and, and things that, you know, not a lot of people paid attention to, but they may, they may have known, like you played borderlands one. You may not have known that the Aridans sacrificed themselves to put the destroyer in the vault, but yet we're going to another planet and there's the exact same statues that are, on the way up to fight the destroyer. They're the same statues that are in the vault of the warrior in Borderlands 2. When the warrior climbs up, he uh, when he comes out of the lava, he'll climb the wall sometimes and he'll rip the head off of an Aridan statue and throw it at you. That wasn't just a random rock. That was a that was part of an Aridan statue. So the Aridan history on Pandora is there. It's been there. In Borderlands 1, you got to use their weapons. They had the alien weapons. Those were their guns, you know? And it was, you know, we were finding things. Their, their artifacts, their guns, their statues, things like that. 
Now we're going to get to learn more about them. We know they're on another planet. So, and on top of that, that picture that, that was posted, there's Aridan statues in the vault. So that's three vaults right there. Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 3. Confirmed that have Aridan statues involved. So I'm they obviously, yeah, they they obviously know something about Iridium, the vaults, the vault key, and the importance of them. Yeah, I th I'm just like I said, especially with all that connecting, I'm just very, and I, obviously we all are, but I'm very excited to see how this all plays out. Honestly, I think it's going to be a blast. And again, with all those twisted turns, one after the you know the next, I think it's just going to blow our minds away. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Um, so again, I'll just read this one last time because this is what we talked about is the Easter egg that was hidden in Battleborn uh, using Morse code. A gamer by the name of what's my name again was the one who decoded it and cracked it. And word for word, guys, here's what it says. It says, visit Promethea, children of the vault. We are not on Pandora anymore. Tannis is not what she seems. Do not open the vaults. And we kind of touched on, you know, a little. Uh, we broke it down by all five lines. Uh, essentially, the first two are pretty clear cut. Uh, so I'm sorry, the first three are pretty clear cut. The fourth one is the one about Tannis. That one's kind of up for interpretation. A little bit of conspiracy theories there. And then obviously do not open the vaults. That's pretty self-explanatory. We, we as vault hunters should know better, but we all know we're going to go open them because that's our mission in life is to open vaults, even though we know we're not supposed to. Now, Siege, let me ask you one question. Yes, sir. Shoot. If, if you had to put money down, what NPC do you think is going to die in Borderlands 3? Oh, man, you had to put me in that spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show on something, something controversial. Personally, uh, damn. Can I name one or if two? You don't, it has to okay, be one. If you don't, if you don't I have one. character. Oh, you've got one. Perfect. Who do you got? It's between two because I don't know. I think it would be unsuspected. Either Lilith or Maya. Really? Yeah. I think that those are actually safe bets. Um, really? Because, yeah, because we're going to be expanding on the lore of sirens and learning about why there's only six and everything, it, it would make sense that maybe we lose a siren. Exactly. And, uh, My yeah, thought process behind it. In some way. Um, what do you think? I think that Lilith is honestly the more prevalent choice in that. Because they just did a DLC with her name in it and her focus and her beco officially becoming the leader of the Crimson Raiders. And um, nothing's more devastating than losing a leader. Um, obviously, uh, Roland was the leader of the Crimson Raiders. Uh, mm -hmm. He died in Borderlands 2. And they didn't actually have an official leader. When we open up on this Lilith DLC... Sanctuary is falling apart. It's rotting from the inside out. Buildings are just falling apart, and it looks absolutely terrible because they've had no true leadership. 
Lilith steps up. She becomes the new official leader of the Crimson Raiders. Even though she was kind of the unofficial leader, she finally yeah. takes that mantle, becomes the official leader, and then boom, she gets her power stripped by a Calypso. And now she's just human. She doesn't have siren powers. So if you can make a god bleed, people will cease to believe in them. And yeah, I did steal that line from Iron Man 2. Come at me. I don't <laughs> care. But that's essentially what they did in my mind to to Lilith. They made her bleed. They took her powers away. Now she's no longer this godlike, powerful being that everyone's scared of. She's mortal. She's just a human. Um, so I could totally see that happening. Um, now, if Gearbox really wanted to be mean to us, they'd kill Talon. I don't think. Why? Uh, I'm hey, the... Disney, hey, Disney did it. They killed Groot twice. Ah, <laughs> uh, think I, about that. Uh, yeah, but Disney killed Groot twice. You can't kill Talon. <laughs> you can't. If they killed Claptrap, they I'm would just be like, mean. I'm throwing that out there. If they wanted to just be dicks, they could do it, and they would be so mean. <laughs> they would. They probably would rub it in. Oh god, yeah. Well, we don't have Handsome Jack to rub it in our face anymore. What about but, Claptrap? Um, no, I think I think that you you playing on the siren factor. It's actually a pretty safe bet. Um, yeah, with it, that, it really has to go for me. If if they're gonna kill a character from Borderlands Two, whether it be a Vault Hunter or one of the NPCs that was introduced, they're gonna have to play a heavy factor in the story of Borderlands 3 because we're going to have to get to love them more. They're so really good with their the... death may affect us. Exactly. And there are certain characters from Borderlands that I think are untouchable because of how beloved they are. Like I don't think we'll see Tiny Tina die. Oh no. Yeah. I no. I think she's completely off limits. We'll have um, to see, you don't for... know. Uh, I could say with 99.9% .9 certainty, I think she's safe because how beloved she is. I'll hold you to that. And I think <laughs> my, the love of my life, my future ex-wife, Moxie, will be safe as well. <laughs> hey, I'm going to hold you both to that, so we'll see if I you're right. So. If Moxie dies, I'll be... I'll be I'll be heartbroken because I will no longer have a video game character that I have a crush on. Oh, I'll rub it in, like you know, you and Zero. I'll rub it in. Just, just oh, that's you know. fine. Okay, cool. Because of that, I hope Zero dies. Just because of that comment. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my boy Zero Two Skill. He he, he doesn't die. He doesn't die yeah, easily. I, I just wanna I just wanna throw this out for the record that based on the facts that we know about sniping and snipers in the Borderlands universe, Mordecai is a better sniper. Oh, get out of no, that's another topic for another day. No. That's a fact. No. That is a fact. No. We can dive into that next week. I opinion. will I will come oh, not opinion, straight facts. All right, I bring the facts. The I will too. Bring it next week. Let's go. All right, let's do it. But uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed today's show. It was a little shorter than last week because it was just Siege and I. No, no guests this week. But uh, it was something that I wanted to touch on with uh, 
with all the new information coming, I wanted to revisit that that Easter egg from 2017 about you know what was hidden in Battleborn uh, because I thought it was interesting, especially the children of the Vault line. Because two years ago, hell, two months ago, that didn't mean anything to us. Now all of a sudden, it has a meaning. That's the name of the Calypso's cult. So. It seems like the closer we get to the launch of Borderlands 3, the more and more this this transcription is making sense. So I was super excited. I talked to Siege about it this week uh, to ask if that's what he wanted to touch on. And, and he was totally on board uh, to kind of let me run with this one. So again, guys, I enjoy you guys listening. We appreciate all of your support. Again, um, you know, comments, questions, concerns, leave them below on the YouTube channel. Um, we do have good news. We are up on SoundCloud. We did get approved for iTunes. So our podcast is now available on iTunes. Uh, again, weekly loot. Now, our last video was the one where we had Submato with us. Uh, absolute pleasure. Um, I'm not complaining. I'm not trying to point anything out, finger anybody here. I, I didn't mean that to sound dirty, but somebody did give us a thumbs down on that video. Um, if you guys do give us a thumbs down, you're the ones I want to hear from. If you give us a thumbs down on any of our videos, tell us why so we can improve it. I'm not going to call you out. I will make sure none of our other followers harass you. Because we want to get better. We're, we're here to help you know, the community. We're here to exactly. keep you guys entertained. So if we're doing something that you don't like and you, you – dude, let us know. You're the guys we want to hear from. We can't fix our mistakes and our problems if we don't know that we're making them. So if you don't like something we're doing, let us know, guys. Uh, but on the flip side of that coin – if there's something you want us to talk about, there's something you want us to dive more into depth on, let us know. Email us. Uh, I believe it is what weekly loot with uh, siege and jack at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Exactly. Uh, okay, yeah. Perfect. Weekly loot with siege and jack at gmail.com. So. Yep, uh, all all one word, guys. No periods, no underscores, nothing like that. Uh, you can follow me on any social media platform at Handsome Jack FM. Links FM, will be like below. Your, yep, uh, like your radio dial. Siege, you can follow him. All of his videos, he puts out a ton of content. And, uh, you know, some of it's kind of crap, but most of it's pretty good. No, I'm, I'm kidding, buddy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll give you that. Oh, God, guys. And also, just a little hint because, you know, me and Jack were talking before the pre-show. He's got some good jokes to the beginning of our intros. So be ready to hear, you know, just just be ready. Oh, yes. So, yes, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to start messing with CJOC at the beginning of every show from now on. Oh, I told him I would give him a nice, beautiful introduction today to make up for, uh, for me hogging all the mic time last week. But going forward, <laughs> Siege will be getting a new joke slash insult directed his way that will be every single time Borderlands related. So that'll oh, be uh, that'll be one of our shticks going forward that I'm going to be doing is I will I will st open the show with a great introduction for myself and then I will harass my good friend Siege. Sounds like a plan to me and I got a 50% like it cuz it's Borderlands related so I can't quite hate it. 
Can I? Yeah, you you can give me a groaner and be like, dude, that was messed up, but I like the Borderlands reference. So, uh, again, guys, we love you. Thank you for all your support. Uh, we're continuing to grow. We're getting more and more listeners every single week. And, again, man, we love you guys. Uh, any feedback, positive, negative, um, if it's something that you, you want to tell us that you think we could improve on but you don't want to put it out in a public forum – Hey, hit us up on, on on Twitter or something, and we'll D, we'll follow you back. We'll DM you so you can let us know in private. And again, we're not going to harass you. We're not going to be mean. We want to improve and get better, and we can't do that without your guys' uh, input and opinions. Agreed. And as usual, guys, thank you so much for tuning into Weekly Lou. Also, I have one more announcement. Um, this will be coming, I don't know, hopefully within a couple weeks. It just depends. But we will be having another special guest. If you guys don't already know, Trevor Eastman. You know of him, don't you, um, Jack? I do, yes. Um, huge Borderlands that fan like ourselves. Uh, you know, terminally ill. And uh, Gearbox gave him the opportunity to come and play Borderlands 3 uh, early. Uh, named a gun, I believe, after him. Which is kind of something they've, they've done. Uh, going back to Borderlands 2, as well as in the pre-sequel, there was a, a little locker for uh, a, a kid, who I believe, who passed away. And uh, it, once you open the locker, it has his name in there, and it says that's where he hid his loot. Uh, Gearbox has been very great about doing this for, for community members, uh, reaching out. Uh, there was a, a community member that was close to, to me. That passed away several years ago uh, after Borderlands 2 was released. I'm hoping to see that they threw a little Easter egg uh, his his way. Uh, we can touch on that in a, another show. I don't want I don't want to take away from Trevor, but yeah, Trevor will be joining us um, now. I do have to let you guys know he did sign a non-disclosure agreement, which means we cannot and will not be asking for any type of spoiler or anything in-depth about Borderlands 3, exactly. A, for legal ramifications, and B, because it's not cool. We don't want to spoil anything about this game for anybody. For sure, and one last thing touching with him, because I did speak with him um, on Discord for a bit. Really great guy, I think. Um, it's going to be great to chat Borderlands with him like it would be you know, to chat with any other Borderlands fans such as yourselves. So I think you guys are in for another treat. Just like with uh, Sup Matto, it, it's going to be a great episode like it is on this show every week. And I'm grateful for all of you listening in. And I'm grateful that I found my co-host, uh, Handsome Jack FM. And again, I just want to thank all of you for the support. And thank you, Jack, for everything you've done to help me with this, boss. Oh, absolutely, man. It's an absolute pleasure to, to work with you on a weekly basis and, and chat throughout the week. So again, guys, uh, for Handsome Jack FM, for C.J.O.C., Thank you for tuning in to Weekly Loot, and as always, long live Handsome Jack. Peace out, peeps.